0: Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad,
1: Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody. How you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Fantastic. Uh, today, we're excited to have a special guest with us again, uh, our college buddy and dear friend, Paul Becker. Paul, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Jody. Hey, Paul. How's it going today?
1: Very well, very well. Uh, Today, we'll discuss with Paul some of our uh, the topic of expensive hobbies, both from a financial and time commitment. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. So the first news story uh, is from USA Today. uh, Planers, model trains, and automobiles. Costly hobbies, call for time, cash commitments. So this is all tied to our... Uh, topics today so maybe uh jody what's your thought on this article um it really did kind of dig deep into car collecting and i think it looked like um uh, it talks about trap shooting and skiing and golfing and model trains and sneaker collecting i i guess that is a um a uh, a hobby a of thing. sorts. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh,
0: my, my first thought is they got a typo in their headline. Uh, planes, model trains and automobiles. I think they added an E uh, and R in there. But in any case, um, this is all about, you know, stuff that people dig to do. And that's uh, what we're going to talk with Paul about um, today. He's got some pretty cool hobbies. Um, you know, I, I think hobbies are great. I think everybody should have one uh, no matter what it is. Uh, you need something to get away from the, the, the Monday through Friday, nine to five, or the, you know, the thing you do to pay the bills and put the roof over your, your family's head. Um, and, and whether that's, um, something as exotic sounding as, uh, boats or, uh, sneaker collecting, or something as simple as Fortnite, <laughs> which my kids actually and I play, too. It's, it's actually a lot of fun, and we've actually had a good time. We have, sometimes we have family Fortnite. We're all on our different devices, but sitting shoulder to shoulder on the couch. Um, you got to have a hobby. Uh, just make sure that your hobby doesn't drain you dry. Uh, and glad to see, too, that they uh, discuss here about how uh, hobbies, uh, good hobbies, hobbies well done, let's put them that way, call for not only a cash commitment but a time commitment. And that's what Paul, you and I have talked about in the past. That's a, that's a commodity uh, that's just as important, maybe even more important than, than uh, your cash is your time.
1: Yep, very cool, very cool. Yeah, when I, when I read this, I looked at um, the exhaustive list and I didn't realize that I guess, yeah, these are all hobbies um, in terms of drone racing and uh, woodworking and car collecting, archery, model rocketry, there's a lot of things in here. Uh, Paul, what was your take on this story?
2: I thought it was really pretty interesting. Um, Jody hit a lot of the things already, which are pretty amazing, right? It's it's the time commitment. It's what are you getting out of it? Um, for me and our family, you know, I, I classify hobbies into two worlds. Are they for you or are they for the family? So, mm. Jody, you were talking about Fortnite. Right? And you do it, but your whole family doesn't. You're doing it together. So that's like a, a family hobby, and that's cool. But then there are hobbies that you do yourself. You know, well, maybe you're doing archery, you know, with the kids, but they're next to you and it's sort of you're competing against each other or whatever, but that's for you, potentially, or, or golf, right? All these hobbies, there's the family aspect of it and the individual aspect of it. So that's, that's sort of my big take on it. And then um, we chose a hobby uh, a few years ago. We used to visit my brother in North Carolina. Uh, He had a boat. He he had a boat actually growing up, so did I. And uh, my family was younger. My kids were, I think, uh, probably six and four at the time. We used to go visit them annually in North Carolina and go out on the boat. And one day my older son said, I want one of those with two of those things on the back. (laughs) meaning outboard engines so uh you know that was pretty interesting like oh that's neat maybe someday
1: yeah 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 the old the old inboard outboard debate i've had that discussion with uh uh, other friends of mine. But it's interesting, a bunch of call-outs here, um, and we'll go to the next story in a moment, but I love that distinguishing the hobbies between family hobbies and personal hobbies. I think that's pretty cool, and there's probably a lot to talk about in this space as we dive into the topics. Um, the next article that we have is from e Extra News, How to De-Stress During the COVID-19 Pandemic. And and this was an interesting list of, of items which range from meditation, to connecting with your community, uh, to practice gratitude, but uh, the reason why we picked this story is it it talks about acquiring new hobbies, and it talks about cooking and baking and um, other outdoor hobbies, and I guess some of these hobbies, they they can be really cheap, and other hobbies could cost you a lot more money, or the same hobby, there's a range, right, so if you're learning how to cook, there's a difference between going out to the store and and, and buying a, a cookbook or getting some recipes online um, as opposed to, you know, jumping full in and ordering a brand new, you know, $7,000, you know, stove to do your cooking with, right? So I guess there's a range of, of Wait, costs wait, wait, that I, can should, happen. I
0: shouldn't have done that? <laughs> exactly. Joke.
1: Exactly. So, um, but this was an interesting uh, take on it, how to fight the COVID stress. Um, so, so uh, we'll start with Paul this time. Paul, what's your take on the whole, Covid nineteen stress reliever of, of acquiring a new hobby or, or uh, being passionate about an existing hobby and just extending it further.
2: So, um, covid nineteen has been been very interesting. And one of the paragraphs here is take a break from news consumption. Uh, personally, I think that's a, that's a huge takeaway from me from that article. You know, you, you turn on the news, and let's face it, there's there's nothing good that's been coming out of the news really lately yeah you have murder hornets you have covid uh i looked this morning there are six tropical things in the atlantic ocean that they're following right now six right two of them are named another one will be named probably the next day or day or so so getting a break from that news cycle uh, is really important and that that's one of my things for the hobby you know we we actually did buy the boat Uh, A number of years ago now, I was doing the math uh, earlier this morning, and I I can't believe it that our boat, we've had 13 seasons now. Uh, Same boat. But that has always been our escape. That's always been our escape. So I I found this article really pretty interesting, but that, that break from the news cycle is really interesting. And there are lots of things you can do that aren't money, you know practice gratitude and and meditating but connecting with the community was the other one that resonated resonated with me uh, i think you guys both know i've been a volunteer fireman for a very long time since so yes. i was 18 years old uh, i just finished up my term as chief of the department not long ago and you know i always look at it this way volunteer fire departments make up approximately 68 percent of the entire country staggering numbers hmm. Interesting. and there, I've always said this, there's a spot for everyone in the volunteer fire service. You don't have to go to be the, the girl or the guy running into the building, right? You, there's stuff to do outside. You can drive the apparatus. But fire departments are a business in a way, right? You have financial obligations, you have bills in, money coming in, donations coming in, you have reporting to do. So if you're a really organized person, you can help with that sort of stuff, the ad, the admin side of the house, like secretarial. You can do treasury-type stuff if you're really good at finance. There, there are tons of roles. So when, when I saw that, that really kind of resonated with me too. So it's not always about buying something. There are other things you can do. Very Sorry, I'm a little off topic. but No, you know.
1: no, this is all good stuff. This is why the dads get together. We appreciate your insights to that. Yeah, we we had a whole episode where we talked about volunteerism. Right, which we think is big, especially and with I didn't kids. I invite
2: you to that one. Wow! Well,
1: that, that was one of the <laughs> earlier ones, right? You, oh, right, you could barely right, hear yeah. the audio on that one, right, Jody? I think uh, it was. We we had some. I think that was early on in the podcast days. So, um, so Jody, what, I'm going to switch to Jody. Jody, what was your take on this story in terms of de-stressing during COVID-19?
0: Yeah, I think this is a, a good article and a smart article to be written, and I like what's what's uh, listed down in here. Um, I think it's super easy to demonize the news cycle. I think they appropriately call out the fact that you need to get away from the negative news that's out there, just sort of the churn, the, the crap, the stuff, because um, there's a lot of good news that's out there. Um, and I work with, with clients to get them in the news and, and get their good news stories out there. And there's been plenty out there that is good and uplifting, as well as factual and helpful. I mean, we would not have got through this cycle, uh, this, this COVID uh, pandemic, at least got to the point that we're at. We're not exactly through it, uh, but got to the point that we're at without credible, uh, factual information. So yeah, get rid of the stuff that gives you agita and focus on the stuff that makes you happy. I've actually practiced getting up, and Paul, I think you do too, um, getting up early, like before dawn. Like I get up, you know, five o'clock or earlier every day and the house is quiet and I can, you know, work out and I can sit with a cup of coffee and I can just sort of be calm before I head into my day as opposed to throwing my legs out of bed and just running from the minute my feet hit the ground. Um, that has really helped me. That 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 habit that I've practiced over the last 15 years has actually helped me a lot in the last several months uh, just sort of staying focused, staying grounded um, and 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 getting through every day the best we can.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great lead in to kind of the the topic, right? We're talking about the the expensive hobbies. So we've been kind of talking about, you know, the, the range of costs. But today we, we really wanted to focus on the, the the hobbies that we think are expensive. And what's expensive to one is not expensive to another, right? So I think it's all relative. I'll kind of jump in first and maybe we'll, we'll jump in with you guys. Um, you know, from a background perspective, I, I'm going through the list of hobbies that I have. And I guess my, my whole thing with hobbies are I haven't found one that I'm super passionate about. Like, so I like golfing. But I'm not super passionate about golf, but I love to golf. Um, I like to go to the gym. I, I like to do yoga in studio when yoga was allowed in studio pre-COVID. Um, I also like to go upstate New York. I've been doing it for many years. And, Paul, this ties to kind of this the whole family thing you know, with the boating. My family has property upstate New York. And uh, we go ATVing in the woods. I don't go very often because it's 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 a big commitment from a time perspective to leave on a Friday or a Saturday morning and go, and it's three hours each way, and there's a lot to it, so it's hard to do. But I do love going to the country and and uh, getting on my ATV and going through the woods. Um, but I, for me, those are not really super expensive hobbies because i haven't made huge investments into them so i don't belong to a golf club and my atv is like over 25 years old at this point i actually it's it's much older than that uh but i'll say 25 years but it's still running um so i just don't make the investment into hobbies uh, i'll go to paul to um let's f- switch to jody first then we'll go to paul jody what are your hobbies what what are your what do you consider your passions and and are they expensive
0: well, I think we're we're uh, executing one of our hobbies right now, Paul. We get on this podcast. Oh, that's every true. Week. Yeah, yeah. We do podcasting. Uh, right? Yep, and, yep. And and that's we, true. And We talk and we share our ideas, and and that that um, encompasses not just the hour or so that we spend actually recording, but you know the time we put into um, the technology and the you know the stuff. Uh, you know, and, and I'm a bit of a gearhead myself. Um, So, you know, creating the environment that where we create the podcast, I'm also uh, sort of a weekend warrior. Um, I love getting out around my house and building stuff, uh, you know, and and we did a podcast recently about maintaining the home. I do a lot of maintenance on the house, do a lot of yard work. Um, I'm one of these people that sort of looks out, you know, my window every morning and goes, "Okay, what can I fix today or what (laughs) or what what can I wreck today? (laughs) Maybe that's more accurate if you ask my wife. Um, but, but the, the, the story is the same, you know, I'm sort of i I'm sort of busy, a busy person, right. And I'm always doing stuff and moving stuff and fixing stuff and building stuff. Um, and so those are kind of my hobbies. Um, and I, I, sort of fit those in, in between doing all the stuff that I do with my kids. Uh, you know, this time of year, normally it would be sports and, you know, coaching sports and things like that, which. Uh, I think is really important uh, to do with my kids. And I know we've all done that with ours. Um, and just kind of um, finding some time to do something that's fun. Oh, another hobby that I have. I, I, I uh, play music. So, you know, I you know, when we were 15 years old, we were all going to be rock stars. Uh, and and so there's a little bit of a rock star gene in me, too. But it, it just stays in my basement now. <laughs> Very cool, very cool.
1: And, and Paul, your hobbies, I know we talked about the crux of the conversation today is an expensive hobby. And we know boating could be an expensive hobby. Um, but I guess it's all relative, right? Whether you're kayaking or a rowboat versus a luxury yacht versus, you know, a, a family boat, you know, uh, seat six or eight or whatever. Uh, what are some of your hobbies in addition to boating? And, and tell us a little bit about that.
2: Uh, sure. You know, my, my volunteer work has been a big hobby of mine. For, for many years that eats up a lot of time so much so uh, the kids even decided to join so both boys actually have been doing uh, the volunteer firework when they can when Very they're not cool. home so that's kind of neat I also um, you know I do stuff around the house I wouldn't say it's a hobby for me but I do have other machinery so I have a CNC wood mach- uh, milling machine and I also have a laser cutter engraver where I you know, make things and, um, uh, it could be fire department related. It could be, you know, maybe I have a business idea. I'm going to create a product or something like that. So those are some of the other sort of non-boat hobbies that, that I have.
1: Yeah. I think Jody might be knocking on your door later when he heard the CNC <laughs> machine, um, he's <laughs> into <laughs> the woodworking and into and the, be over the power sector, tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah. So it's a very interesting concept. And, and, and I think this whole thing we've been hitting on all these different topics, why don't we jump into the first topic uh, as it relates to expensive hobbies? And and that's around budgeting, right? So if you have this big hobby and, you know, and and Paul, you know, for you, I think the most, this is probably the most expensive hobby that we have that we're all sharing is, and probably focus on this as the topic is boating, right? Because boating is expensive, right? And it's not like you buy the boat and you have it and you're done, right? You have to maintain it. You have to Take it out of the water you have to put it in the water you have to paint it you have to wrap it yeah there's all these things you have to maintain it there's all these things that go along with it so what's the budgeting commitment um and maybe we can also talk a little bit about the time commitment when it comes to boating and give us a little bit more background on that
2: sure so you know as you said paul you know boating there's always an expense i would argue i could say the same thing about really any hobby the, the boat is, yes, obviously going to be more uh, you, the, the wrapping, the painting, and all that sort of stuff. Some of the stuff you can do yourself. Some of it you can't, depending on the marina in which you have it. If you keep it at your house in the winter, you know, okay, you could do the painting in the spring. You can do things yourself. Jody's a handy guy. Maybe he maintains the engine himself. So the, there are ways to, to minimize that. One of the things I would argue, though, Paul, right, you go upstate. You have property upstate. Uh, you were saying upstate New York, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, and you go on vacations. Jody, I know we were talking a few weeks ago. You guys all went on vacations as well. Well, what do those vacations cost you, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I did. I was doing. I was playing around with some numbers and doing some math here. We put about, say, on average, on average, fifty hours of engine running time on the boat a year okay that's engine running time and the reason why I call that out as running time is you know we'll go out somewhere we might just drop anchor for a while mm-hmm. and just relax and and chill out so you're saying you know there's big time commitment for you to go upstate three hours there and all that well to me and to our family first off the key to the boating hobby is everyone has to be on board no pun intended (laughs) really because my brother has a boat um his family doesn't really care for it as much so they don't get out like we do where i'll be honest with you april 1st you know my wife is asking when's the boat going in the water right so and, and my kids are like that in fact we can get to it later but my younger one said dad the boat was the best investment you ever made And generally, the rule of thumb is the two happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day he bought the boat and the day he sold the boat. (laughs) Right. We and our family uh, have very opposite opinion of that. We didn't go a lot on big vacations and everything. Our boat became our vacation. The difference is we can hop on it. At Friday after work and be out there in a half hour, well I used to meet the family at the boat. I used to change in the men's room at the uh place where we keep the boat, getting you know put on short shirt, boom, we're out in the boat, and we're out there for a few hours, just relaxing
1: that's yeah, so, cool.
2: I, yeah, so I, I was sorry go ahead, Paul
1: no no, it sounds I mean, there was a lot of good things that you said in there, and I think that i can I can they're resonating in my mind. One is the kind of getting the family on board. And there's been some activities and some commitments that I would have liked to do, but my family just wouldn't be on board with it. And I felt it would be selfish to kind of try to, to force that type of hobby um, onto them. Right. So yeah. I think that's interesting. The other thing you hit upon, I think is the accessibility, right? So for me, when I have to go to upstate New York, the fun doesn't begin until three and a half hours later when I get to the property, unlock the garage and start the bike up. Um, Whereas if the property were much closer, I would use it more. And that's what I found was I probably don't go up as often because it's too much time to get there. It sounds like for you to get to your boat, it's pretty quick, right? You could do it during the week if you wanted to, right? on a Tuesday night, you can, you know, look at your wife after dinner and say, "Ah, it's still light out. You want to go sit on the boat, right? Whatever, right? So you could do that. Um, so, but I agree with the kind of getting the family on board. I have a buddy of mine, and we talked about this on a previous podcast. He owns a beach house in, in by the Jersey Shore. And he bought it fully with the family in mind. And he does exactly what you do, Paul. But on land, right? So Mm -hmm. the family congregates at the house just like your family congregates on the boat. Everyone is talking about the boat or, you know, uh, when's it going to be in the water? And 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 dad, can I take it out tonight? And and that kind of thing. And the same thing he has. So I think it's wonderful um, that um, you both have that type of thing in your family that everyone agrees on. And I think that's tough to find sometimes. It's tough to get all of the family members committed to that one activity. Uh, Jody, I don't know about you, but that's what I find. i there's a few things I've been wanting to do and 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 I just can't get the family to commit. And I don't know if you if you have any kind of experience in that space.
0: Yeah, I think Paul's perspective on that um, is is spot on, you know it's something that is as um, cash and time committed as a boat. Um, you've got to make sure that people want to do it, right? You can't it's kind of like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's kinda like of everybody, two, wants yeah. a, everybody wants a puppy. Right. And then. But somebody's got to walk the dog and somebody's yeah, got to yeah. clean up after the dog and somebody's got to train the dog. Um, you know, everybody wants the thing, but nobody wants to do the work for the thing. So to Paul's point, and I think it's really smart, you know, everybody's got to be on board and stay on board. And And Paul, I would say pun intended. Everybody <laughs> needs to be on board. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of that saying, uh, I I heard it years ago, it's not like getting a free beer, it's like getting a free puppy, right? There's a lot more work to getting the free puppy, right? Once you own the puppy. Um, But I want to flip back to Paul for a second in terms of, you said something very critical and that is the trade-off. So when it comes to budgeting, your trade-off was, okay, we're going to do less family vacations, right? Which would be you know, typical in a family, we're going to spend more time on the boat. So is that how you kind of adjusted your budgets and time financially yeah. over the years?
2: Absolutely. So we, we had a rule on the boat, no electronics, no electronics. So this is, you know, 13 years ago, we got it. And well, back then the kids had Game Boys or whatever it was. There, there were no iPhones were just coming out, right? 2007. So we had a rule. You could bring a book, you could bring a board game, whatever, whatever, any of those sorts of things you want, but no electronics. And even my own phone, my wife's phone, they would go in the glove box of the boat. This is where we have them, of course, but no electronics. This is family time, right? And we would talk and laugh. We would, you know, water ski, tube, then they got into wakeboarding, and this year we did a lot of paddleboarding. Jody, we did get the puppy this year. So um, anyway, <laughs> the boat and
0: the dog. Oh, man, yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, you know, we could the boat. The dog will be another podcast. How about that? Um, but to us, that's to me, that's what matters. So, you know, we did expensive sports recently. The, the boat is it's a mental reprieve. So there's no really a sort of outside environmental things happening. Right. Even uh, maybe I'm a little neurotic here, but we would listen to either CDs or, or when I had satellite radio included with the boat. I think I had it for the first year free. Right. But it, there's no advertising going on at that time. It's just things we, we're choosing. So everything about it was a choice to be together and. That's how, Paul, to your question, yeah, I justified it. These are mini vacations every time we go out there, even if it is only for two hours. We're out there. We're decompressing. It's the ultimate social distancing tool, by the way. I love it. Uh, Unless you're tying up with other people, it's ultimate social distancing. In fact, boating this year took off, and it was one of the best years ever. Uh, One of the marinas... I think they added 32 boats this year. They're over capacity.
1: Yeah, we, we saw that with uh, pools being installed. I guess we're seeing oh, yeah. boats. Yeah. We're seeing with a number of things. We're seeing an exodus out of New York City into the suburbs, into vacation property and vacation homes. And we've, we've done podcasts on all these different pieces. And And I think it ties to kind of the next subject I want to bring up is kind of like the hobby has to fit into your life financially, right? So I know we focused on the time commitment and the niceties of the hobby, but from a financial perspective, I think that the hobby has to fit your lifestyle, has to fit your life. And I think it's all about ratios. And and for Paul, I know for you, the boat, although it's an expensive hobby, um, you know, it's you're not sacrificing other, you're not sacrificing your mortgage money, right? <laughs> because you have a boat, right? That's the right. key, no. and that's the extreme well, I mean, example. But what you wh- said
2: in the beginning, Paul, right? You can get a kayak. You can get, you know, a luxury yacht. I, I have a smaller, you know, family boat, like, you know, six people, eight people, like you said. So, yeah, it depends on what you want to do. By the way, don't really, you really don't want to buy a new boat. You want to either wait till it's like two, three years old or do what I did. And I got really lucky. I don't even know how this happened. Well, I do, really. But I bought the factory demo boat. So I had low hours, two years old, and I ended up getting it at a used boat price, but it was a new boat. So it's kind of cool.
1: That is pretty cool. And I think that that's a good topic to touch upon is when you're jumping into the hobby, right? Um, How can you maximize the money that you're investing into the hobby? Right. And, 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 so that was, that's an interesting story. So you, you're saying, do your homework, do your shopping, right? You're going, whether it's golf clubs or a new boat or vacation home or whatever that expensive hobby might be, uh, make sure you do your homework in terms of trying to get a good deal on, on jumping into that, uh, in, into that hobby. Is that what you would give as good Absolutely. advice?
2: So what I, this year I went to the boat show before COVID really hit and um, looking at some new things I get antsy it's been 13 years since I had this one and kids are bigger family you know dynamics are changing right I kind of want something bigger as we have uh, more people out shall we say on it well when you look at a boat show like you know the glitz of it all and oh get this one get this one and I plan kind of everything out I, I don't make rash judgments or decisions on things so after the boat show i kept looking at the prices for the same ones i was looking at and considering and the prices were truly a lot more so my recommendation if you're looking at a boat is you kind of know narrow down well before the boat show then when you're at the boat show finalize and and maybe you can get the deal that way to save some additional funds if you're buying new but use is always going to be cheaper
1: yeah, I think that that's that's a very good uh, call out, right? Is you don't have to start with the most expensive equipment and you could always upgrade later, right? It's always kind of this two-way door decision. You buy something used, you get your feet wet with it and then you, then you uh, could upgrade later. I think that's important uh, when it comes to any type of hobby, right? So if you want to go into mountain biking, right? Maybe don't buy the $5,000 mountain bike as your first bike, right? Maybe buy the... You know two hundred dollar to five hundred dollar mountain bike that you want to use try it go in the woods do your thing you know go mountain biking and if you really love it then you upgrade over time if you don't love it you only spent a few dollars and you could get rid of it right so i think that's key Absolutely. as well right so you want to Absolutely be careful sound advice. yep when starting a hobby um one of the things I want to touch upon is hidden costs of these expensive hobbies and i think we talked about it with the example of the puppy right where You just don't have the item. You have to maintain it. What are some of the other hidden costs of hobbies that that we have to be on the lookout for? So you buy the item, and then there's maintenance and, and, and maybe storage. What are some of these other things that you have to look out for when you're buying or getting into an expensive hobby? And I think this is really centered around, they said in the article, planes, trains, automobiles, right? So you have this thing now. You spent all this money for this item. What are the things that you have to worry about once you have that item?
2: Well, planes are probably the most expensive out of all that list. Uh, trains, it depends. Are you buying real locomotives or are you yeah, buying a uh, Yeah, well, uh, model <laughs> trains. Yes, that's a good call out. Yeah, good catch. But, you know, <laughs> the, um, the, the maintenance and stuff breaks, right? Stuff breaks. And, and that's probably one of the biggest hitting costs. And then the other one, which is probably overlooked to some extent, not necessarily, but is your fuel consumption with a vessel. Right. Well, how many so they don't do, you know, you know, the range on a boat is generally gallons per mile, not miles per gallon. Right. So it's how many gallons per mile. Interesting. So it's, it's really flipped. So you, you want to make sure, well, how much are you using it? How much um, fuel consumption is there? And well, what is that going to cost me? You know, I remember when I got the boat the first time, my father-in-law, a very nice guy, he's like, Paul, don't worry, I'll, I'll buy you your first tank of gas the first time you <laughs> need to fill it up. Because generally when you buy a boat, they it's filled up. Not all places, by the way, not all. When you're buying a boat, you want to understand how much fuel it is and why. Well, a boat. You know, when I was a kid, I had an 18-foot boat. That was a 20-gallon fuel tank. Okay, that's normal, right? But this boat is a 22-foot boat, but it holds 96 gallons of fuel. Wow. So remember a few years ago when gas was three-something on land? On the water, it's generally about 25%, 30% more. So... It's not like you're just oh yeah okay well gas is three dollars it's it kind of stinks fine uh, on the boat you're looking at four and a quarter or something so how much fuel you're burning is really is a factor. It absolutely is.
1: So it sounds like and you hit upon I love this because I love this dialogue because I feel that. Um... You start to unfold some of these pieces that I wouldn't normally call out. So really, it comes down to knowing your research, right? I I didn't even think about, well, it's more expensive to get gas on the water. Or, you know, that the tank is, you know, almost 100 gallons in size and capacity, right? So I, I guess that's another call out is to really do your research, right, when it comes to an expensive hobby. Because to your point, you know, to use the item, to maintain the item, to store the item, all these things, you really have to know the true I'm going to say 360 costs of owning that item right in order to make sure that you could afford it and it fits into your budget
2: yeah absolutely I mean there are small side businesses that people have of boat bottom cleaning like what yeah because especially if you don't use your boat then there's more growth on the boat which means there's more drag on the boat which means you burn more fuel
1: Absolutely, absolutely. This is any, and so I'm going to throw some other questions out there, and I'll maybe start with Jody. Jody, any dream expensive hobbies that you would like to pursue, and what's kind of been stopping you from pursuing them?
0: Oh wow, uh, that's what I didn't see coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me, I gotta, I gotta off script. <laughs> Sorry. Off that well, other than other, you know, I've I've always wanted to learn how to surf uh i i just think that looks like a lot of fun uh the challenge is finding good waves right and we got some good waves on the east end of long island for sure um and and when we go up to maine we get some pretty good rollers as well um but that's something that that um has always interested in me uh interested me and the other thing too and this is sort of newer um and and kind of uh in line with the whole covid pandemic lockdown but it just it it intrigued me initially for one reason, and now it's kind of sinking in for a different reason. Um, uh, sprinter van conversions is a great hashtag on social media. <laughs> these guys who take these sprinter vans and they trick them out inside and they turn them into like a little mobile home. They just look so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they just look so fun. Um, and it's probably on par, um, maybe maybe not quite as expensive, uh, I don't know, Paul, you tell me, uh, As as a boat. Um, but it just looks like so much fun. And so the sprinter van conversion and the surfing may even go hand in hand. I don't know.
2: I got skydiving.
0: That. No, no, no skydiving for me. Uh, I, I don't know about you,
1: Jody. No skydiving for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. I have a friend. Actually, we had, uh, a guest on the podcast. Paul Peter Shankman is a skydiver.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he loves it. he, he. The the adrenaline he says is amazing, but no, I'll I'll stay in the plane. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yep. No, and I. Oh, go ahead, Paul. No, I was I was gonna say back to you know back to the topic at hand, the boats and um, one of the comments I made earlier. You know, my younger one who is in college now as well said, "Dad, it was the best investment you ever made." Right. Well, how does a boat become the best investment you ever made? And let's be honest, he wasn't thinking about the family time, right? Um, so my kids, when they came back from the boat, especially when they were younger, they used to come back and draw designs of the boat and the boat layout. And, hey, can we do this? Can we move the seats here so we get more room here and and do all this, you know, reconfiguring, which is, you know, kind of like that's pretty neat, you know, that's cool. That's fun. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but today, right now, they are in college at a school that specializes in naval architecture and marine engineering. So it's an engineering degree that they get, kind of a dual engineering degree. And that's what they're doing. And the real kicker is it's actually a tuition-free school.
1: That's very cool. Very cool. So the investment in the boating probably paid off a lot more than you had. Ever anticipated. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely. cool. And I think and that's that, not a norm. Yep. And I think the intangibles are there, right? The kind of the family time, the family gathering um, uh, as it ties to the hobby. I think that's all, that's all key stuff. I think for me, um, like I said, I haven't found a hobby that I'm passionate enough about to make a significant investment in. Um, and this is a topic that we'll hit upon at some point and, and that comes down to kind of disposable income and, and how disposable is your income in terms of being able to uh, enjoy some of these hobbies. And, and like I said, everyone's life when it comes to this thing is different, right, in terms of – and their ideas are different. I think for me, um, I think that the hobbies that I have, I they, they could – run the gamut of expense, but I've kept them at a minimum. And I think it ties back to you, Paul, where you talk about kind of the family versus the personal hobbies. I think my my hobbies are more personal in nature. Some of them have crept over into the family side, but not quite enough where the whole family enjoys it, right? So for example, golf, um, my son likes it, doesn't love it. Um, I like it. Uh, but it would be unfair of me to join a golf club if my whole family wasn't into the golf club, right? So that's why I've kind of just put that on the side. But um, but Paul, any other hobbies besides uh, boating that you would like to take take on or upgrades or like what's your next dream hobby? What do you think? Or, or maybe what's your goal in terms of your hobby in terms of is it a bigger boat at some point? Is it Focusing on something else. What what would be kind of the next 10 years when it comes to hobbies?
2: So in between, you know, the happiest day of buying a boat and selling a boat, there's the always wanting a bigger boat, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I do would like a bigger boat. Uh, you know, personally, I feel like the, the waters here, uh, Long Island Sound have, have changed, meaning one, it is certainly busier. So there's bigger waves, there's more churn, um, I feel like the storms are, are rougher, and not that I'm out in a storm, but pre-storm and post-storm, the waves are bigger. They, they, you know, storms aren't just a one event; that they, they they span a vast amount of time. And you know, some of us, I think all three of us on the call, are starting to get a little older. Instead of hopping over the boat, maybe I want a little door that I can just walk in or something. Uh, And you're going to see that trend happening even with smaller boats to make it easier to get in and out. So for me, yeah, I I definitely want to go for a bigger boat, especially as the boys, you know, with, you know, as their families themselves build over time and and everything, the boat has really become a central hub for us. So wherever the boys settle, we, we kind of want them to settle ideally close together. So this way we can pick up and move near them. And then, again, it's it's sort of about the boat. You know, we're, we were talking do we move to further south. And this way we could use the boat all year round. The boys are totally on board. Yeah, sell your house in New York. Go ahead and move. Can't Very do cool. that right now. But, yeah. So for me, it's a, it's a bigger boat and using my CNC machines and, you know, maybe starting a business. Who knows? Very cool. Very cool. Well, I guess with that, we'll kind of jump into the summary recap.
1: And and I think for me, the takeaway was earlier in the podcast, Paul, when you talked about distinguishing between a family hobby and a personal hobby. That was very insightful. Um, I didn't call that out specifically, but now a lot of my decisions make a lot more sense when you kind of called it out with that. Um, Jody, what were some of your takeaways from today?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to build on that. You know, it you whatever you're going to do, uh, you first of all, you need a hobby, right? You need something to take your mind off of life, off of work and off of all the obligations and everything else. So I think hobbies are great. You gotta find one that you enjoy, right? And you're gonna throw money at this thing. You're probably not gonna make money from it. <laughs> no, so, right? So you're gonna throw money at this thing. make sure that it's enjoyable, uh, that it's manageable, that it fits into your budget, that you can afford it, right? Don't don't go down a road that's gonna put you into debt, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's a great call out, you know, whether it's something you want to do for yourself or something you want to do with your family, figure out what that thing is, what works for your life. Um, it should bring you joy. I think that's the bottom line. It should bring you joy. It's supposed to be fun.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And Paul, we'll let you have the last word. What's your final takeaways from today? And and once again, thanks for, for jumping on the podcast with us uh, and and agreeing to do another podcast with us. This has been awesome. So thank you.
2: Thank you guys. Thanks for having me back. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think you guys really summed it up. You know, you have to make sure it's a financially sound decision and you're not drowning in debt to take on this hobby. And I think the other thing you said, Paul, earlier, start small. You don't need the $5,000 mountain bike. You buy the $300 mountain bike. Hey, do you really like this? This is really going to work for you. Or you start going off down the hill and like, oh, boy, this is, I'm (laughs) going over my head. Am I going to fall? Am I going to kill myself here, right? So uh, I I think that's a really great way to start it. And and from, if I would, uh, on the boating side, you know, you don't have to actually own a boat, right? There are clubs out there called, I think the big one is Freedom Boat Club where you pay, I think it's an annual fee. I didn't look into it too much, but you pay an annual fee, and then you pay for fuel usage and stuff like that. You hop on the boat, you use it for, I think you book for half a day or a full day, and then you come back in, you dock it, no damage or anything. Great, you're done, you walk away. You'll walk away. So that, that's something that some people, that I think, gaining some traction there as well.
1: Very cool, very cool. Well, Jody and Paul, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.